This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Ryan Vargas. Ryan, how's it going? Good. Just uh, uh, recovering from eating a bunch of food this week. I slept until about 40 minutes ago. Um, so I'm well rested. For sure, for sure. And we got a, a special guest host, uh, Cody, a.k.a. Coco Ahern. What's up, Cody? Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, I had pretty good too, Ryan. It was a, it was a good holiday. I wasn't as blessed to get to sleep till about 40 minutes ago, though, so I've been up a little bit. I don't get to do that often, so when I get the chance, I take advantage of it. Yeah, you're probably a busy guy for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I'm taking full advantage of these few days here. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Um, just going back in, in time a little bit, uh, could you tell us uh, where you grew up and then how you got into racing? Yeah, so... So I grew up um, just outside of L.A. in La Mirada, California. Um, I grew up, I loved cars, loved anything with four wheels and a motor, whether it was, you know, NASCAR, monster trucks, road racing, sports car, Formula One, whatever it was, as long as it had four wheels and a motor, it was something that I really loved. And one day, my parents took me to our local short track, Irwindale Speedway, and we... I found out that I saw like I saw kids racing. I saw them racing these little cars and I was like, "Wow, this is cool. Like this is something that, you know, I would love to do." I tried all other sports, basketball, football, soccer. I was horrible at all of them. Didn't have fun. Honestly, just hated it. I was so bored out of my mind. I couldn't wait to get home and watch Monster Jam highlights. Um and then so I found out kids can race. And there was a recess aide from my elementary school at the race. And I was like, who, like, what are you doing here? Like, this is interesting. And she says, oh, yeah, my son is driving today. We're actually planning on selling our car. And so my, my, immediately, my immediate reaction was, we need to do this. Like, I want to do this really bad. Um, so we end up going through. We end up purchasing the car. Um, my first ever lap in the car, I crashed. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. But, it, but we got it fixed, and I ended up finishing the entire rest of that test day. And I remember my dad on the drive home. He It was a 45-minute drive from the racetrack to my house. And he said, all right, you know, you, now you've driven the car. You can – and I was like 10 at the time. He said, okay, you can decide right now, you know, we can do one of two things. We can go to K1 Speed on the weekends or go to a go-kart track, have fun with some friends and – kind of have like make it a hobby and just you know do whatever um or you know we could actually do this and pursue racing but if we do this we're going to make you a champion and we're not going to settle for any less um and i you know he was like you got a whole you got the whole drive it's almost an hour you know let me know what you think about five minutes later i said i wanted to drive the race car and uh, since then i made it to where i'm at which is insane that's awesome. That's a dream shot. So were you driving like quarter midgets, go-karts? Uh, so what it was called was a bandolero. Um, they're, they're a bit of a step up from like quarter midgets. Um, it's like a third scale, I would say, sized stock car. Um, they have a little 30 horsepower Briggs and Stratton lawnmower motor in them. Um, but they get up to speed pretty good. Like restricted, you know, you'll top out about 60, 65 unrestricted. They'll, I've, I got clocked at 102 one time. 
at 11, 12, 11 years old. Um, you just racing short tracks, dirt short tracks, tracks and short tracks and road courses. It was funny. My only my only road course experience prior to racing NASCAR was Bandolero racing when I was really young. That's wild. Do you like short tracks better yet, or, or are you a road course? Fan? I am a road course fan. Um, I need uh, like I wish like I got to do a test recently driving a, a late model at a at a short track. Um, and that was a real blast and it really helped me kind of rebuild my confidence a little bit on the short track side. Cause we've had a lot of speed on the short tracks this year, but we had mechanical failures like Richmond. We had the fuel, a fuel, our fuel head break, uh, Martinsville. Uh, we were just kind of missed it a little bit. And then this most recent Martinsville race, we had the battery connection come undone. So we never had the performance we needed, but you know, I, I love road I love short tracks. Road courses are very fun. I really love the intermediates, the one point five miles and above. I, I love going into a corner at 180, 190 miles an hour and hoping it sticks. It's so fun. Oh yeah. That's gotta that's just gotta pull you every which way, man. I couldn't imagine. It's gotta be a different feeling and I'm sure it's an addictive feeling too. I mean it's it's totally different than what I, you know, ever could have imagined you know i didn't think i'd be able to race at some of these tracks um but now you know i'm going to them i'm I'm showing up to the daytona the daytonas the charlotte motor speedways you know the talladegas and i'm going out there and i'm actually doing it and it's it's something that's really cool i try to keep into perspective how cool that really is yeah what was it like the first time you just like got on the track at Talladega and just opened that thing up? So I mean, for people who don't know about Daytona and Talladega, um, Talladega they because of the track being two point six miles long, it's an oval that is two point six miles long. So if they didn't put a restrictor plate, which a restrictor plate goes on top of the motor underneath the carburetor and it restricts airflow, uh, which also limits horsepower to about four hundred horsepower. Um, around that number normally we pump out anywhere anywhere around like 670 650 so we're it's already cutting down quite a bit and they do that to keep the speed down but what it ends up doing is it ends up putting us in a pack of cars like a pack being all 30 race cars being basically glued together because the air bubble around us the drafting element is so big that's how you race um so my my first ever lap at Talladega was in 2020 and for those who don't know in 2020 NASCAR stopped doing practice and qualifying you just showed up to the racetrack unloaded and raced so I went out I started I started towards the rear because I didn't race the race prior and because they did a formula where they like did wherever the driver finished last week kind of is like where they kind of even out I didn't race I started like at the tail I started like 35th or something like that and yeah we are i take the green flag with 39 other race cars at talladega and my first lap is at speed in a pack going 190 something miles an hour with 39 other that's cars. crazy and that was a very big wake up moment um it's gotta be i mean i've seen it on tv and and watching those super speedways and the way they race i mean i can't even imagine what it feels like when you get someone side drafting you or bump drafting you and they don't even touch you and you get sideways coming out of that corner oh yeah and it's just it's got to be so many different things that you're learning out there on that 
NASCAR circuit well, compared to what you, you grew up racing. And the way you set the cars up for those types of racetracks is you don't set them up to drive good. You just set them up to be fast. Like, they are set up to yeah. be as fast as they can in a straight line. Like, no drag, no, you know, drag, whether it's mechanical or actual aerodynamic. And so, if you kind of get a little out of shape, it is very hard to save a race car. I remember the Daytona race in February of last year, there was a wreck in front of me. And I start slowing down to avoid it. And suddenly, as I'm, like, hitting the brakes, like, slowing down, grabbing gear, trying to downshift, the car just spins out. <laughs> Like, it just spins out, and I spin into the grass going still a buck, a buck 40, and it was the most, like, insane experience. And something that's very not talked about is when the grass at a racetrack is wet and a car slides into it, it gets so quiet, and it feels like the car picks up speed. So I'm sliding through the grass going, like, backwards. I, I do the car in neutral already because I don't want to mess up, mess up the engine transmission, and I'm just sitting there, like, rolling, and it's just quiet. It is so silent as you're just sliding there hoping you don't hit anybody. I know you mentioned like you hated other sports and things like that. So like how do you how do you make your way up the racing circuit? Like obviously like in other sports it's you know, there's a there's kinda like a quote unquote system, but like racing, like how did it work and then like how did you make it to the NASCAR Xfinity series? Yeah, so the biggest thing and so like the way auto racing is and it's like this in every form of auto racing is the biggest factor that most drivers have to overcome is the financial barrier there it is so big it is so it is so crucial especially in today's day and age that you know a lot of drivers who have the financial backing make it well unlike that you know my from in my situation my mom is a first grade teacher my dad is a construction worker um so we were very much when we were racing at the local level we were operating off of what we had and what we could possibly do and i remember in august of 2017 when i was 16 years old my parents sat me down at the dinner table and they basically said look we can't do this anymore like this is we're like this is it you know we could maybe maybe do four or five races next year just have some fun but we can't race consistently you know that this is it and I was like, okay, because, you know, I, I, I've witnessed friends of mine, you know, lose all they had to go racing. Like, I've, I've seen people lose houses and, you know, sell off all of their stuff just to race. And it's like, you know, I never wanted to do that. I never wanted anything to happen there. You know, and that's, and that's the unfortunate thing is when you're racing at that local level, a majority of the money you spend is your own. Um so we were, you know, we did what we could with what we had, but we, we were done. Well, in that same month, I applied for the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program to be, to get a, get a ride in the NASCAR, oh, well, the, at the time it was the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series East, now it's the Arca Menards East. Um, I applied, and what they do is they send you off to, um, the time, the time we did that was down in Daytona, and they send you off to a combine. It's very, it's you know, when I say combine, people think of the NFL combine. It's pretty similar. Um, and what they do is there's three big sections. There's uh, media slash marketability. So this is how are you how you are in front of a microphone, how you are in interviews, how you are in press conferences. Then the third is physical fitness. How are you on that, you know, compared to everybody? Can you handle driving a race car for several hours in 120, 130, 140 degree heat? 
And number three is actual on track. How are you stacking up compared to everybody else behind the wheel? And so I go to the combine, you know, I do my thing and I, I feel I did pretty good, but you know, you never know because you never know what they may want. Um, fortunately, I get the call and I'm told them I'm going to have a ride. And so this is big. So I move, you know, I'm a, um, I'm a junior in high school at the time. I leave, I leave home. I go across the country from, uh, from Southern California to North Carolina and I finish my high school online, you know, do a year of Kane and East, um, ended up doing only one year there. They did, they, it was a three car organization at the time. They dropped down to a two car organization, which they are now. Um, and although I did beat like my teammate in the points, it was still a case of, I was still the new guy. And so I was kind of like unfortunately left on the outs which is fine i mean again it's business like like i mentioned earlier it's it's all about how much you've invested and they've invested more into him than me so it's like okay um but that took me out of knowing what i was going to do in 2019 and so i had my kind of like moment where i just kind of was like out of it you know I, i really had to sit there in my apartment in north carolina and ask myself you know is this really it? Like I was, I didn't know what I was doing anymore. Um, fortunately I landed a sponsor for the first time to go race late models. So basically kind of stay, take a step back. And I did that because I wanted to make sure, because you can go run late models for a relatively good budget a competitive late model. And so I wanted to go out there and just make sure that I was driving something. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I knew that it wasn't going to be feasible for me to find money to go run Arca or Canaan. You know, I just knew it. But I knew if I wasn't racing in that, I needed to make sure that I was still keeping my, you know, skill set, skill set sharp behind the wheel. And that entire time I'm thinking to myself like, oh man, do I actually have a place here? Do I actually, you know, belong here? We go out, you know, to Irwindale Speedway. I ran 30 races that year. I split the season. I ran 18 at Irwindale and I think 12 on the East Coast. Um, at different tracks my first race back in a late bottle we won it and so that that to me was like okay I could st- I still could drive like I could do that I could do that at least um, and I'm like okay well now what's the next step and after talking with so many people they said dude you need to go run an Xfinity race they were like go run an Xfinity race don't make a fool of yourself just go out there and finish so I, you know, have some conversations with Johnny Davis or JD Motorsports and, you know, it opened up an opportunity for me to go race at Iowa Speedway, which is a track that I had had experience at racing in the Canaan series. And, you know, to me, that place really fit my driving style. It was such a fun racetrack. It is criminal. We don't go there on the schedule anymore. Um, but I show up and I remember being so nervous because I, I, I was like, this is my opportunity to decide if I still should do this because yeah I could go run late models and win in late models late models are one thing you're racing in the NASCAR Xfinity series now this is these guys are paid professionals you know so I go in and I'm telling myself you know I can't crash I can't crash I I don't want to finish like in the back like I'm like I knew if I went out there and sucked I was done I knew it like, I knew if I went out there and completely flopped, it was going to be game over for me. Um, and so, to keep in perspective as well, 
when for teams such as like the JD Motorsports and some of these you know smaller organizations running inside the top 20 is kind of like where you want to be like people might hear that it's like oh you want to win though it's like every team has their range you know there is you know and that's just what they're capable of and that's fine you know like I've ran you know now four years there but so when I say like oh we're in the top 20 top 15 people may be like oh that's not a big deal it is because um, that means that's you're putting it right at or just past where that car belongs and so I go out there qualified 23rd beat my teammates which was a good which was a good thing um race comes along and we're running inside the top 15 you know we're dicing it up with some of these guys and I you know keeping my nose clean you know I, that's the big thing is I've, I'm not really going out there to damage the car like there was a few scuffs here and there it's a 250 lap race you're gonna have a little a little bit of damage here and there um finish the race I crossed the line and we finished 17th we finished right well inside the top 20 we had a shot at the top 15 the only thing that held the car back was the driver with no experience and I get out of the car tired as heck and I just remember the line of you know drivers crew guys team owners coming over and shaking my hand and telling me I'd done a good job and that told me that I had a place still and um, from there we've ran 67 races I think now in Xfinity which is insane very thankful for that so like but how does it like so so you're in North you were in North Carolina and then somebody just they asked oh yeah you said you were in the program but how did they ask you to like run the Xfinity race like the first one uh, so I had to find the funding to do so. Like I had to find, you know, sponsored dollar. I had to do all that. So that once I had that accumulated, I was able to go and do that race. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And like um, it's one of those things where like we had the sponsored dollar. We had, you yeah. know, money we've accumulated and stuff because we hadn't yeah. been paying for racing or anything. So it was like, okay, let's just go out and try and do this. Yeah. Now, yeah, I know you were talking about sponsors and um, in 2020, actually t- TikTok sponsored you. So mm-hmm. how, did, how, did that, how did that one come about? So... Um, at the time I was one of probably like four NASCAR drivers on the platform and I, and that was a big thing for me cause I just wanted to see like, okay, this is something that, you know, not many NASCAR fans are on. I wanted to do it. And I remember in passing telling my buddy Ryan Pistana, who's a very talented graphic designer saying like, yeah, like this is like, I'm on TikTok. Like, you know, I get a couple thousand views here and there. Like it's actually pretty fun to be on. And during the pandemic, while we're all locked inside, um, he out of nowhere just puts out a rendering of, you know, what my car, the car that I was driving would look like with TikTok all over it. And it circulates, it gets a lot of likes, lots of retweets, and it actually somehow makes its way to TikTok. Some of the folks at TikTok see it. And they see it and they're like, Why not? You know, we've had to re, re- we've we've had to revise all of our marketing plans in twenty twenty. Why not add something like this on top of it? And so um, through word of mouth, they, you know, we, we get in touch and, you know, our conversations go from talking about one races to two races to four races to now six races to finish out the 2020 season. And that deal was such a, a pivotal moment in my career because like I had landed small sponsor deals here and there, just trying to make ends meet. Um, but that was the first major company that I had worked directly with on a, you know, a big sponsorship partnership scale. 
And that in itself has opened up a lot of doors. Um, it's proven to a lot of companies and a lot of teams that, one, Ryan Vargas isn't just some guy. He's he's actually going. He actually is capable of representing your company, whether it's a small regional company or a global tech giant. And then it also says Ryan Vargas is going to try and is going to find the most unorthodox way of finding sponsorship, but he will find it. And I think that is something that's been a big thing for me is that I can go out there and try and find these sponsorships. And you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying like, okay. I'm the all-knowing sponsor guy because I am not. If I was, I'd be in a much better position than I am. Um, but it's been a big learning process as I've gone. In NASCAR, then, is it kind of on the driver to get their sponsor or the team or the owner? Like, what is that? So back in the early 2000s, it was on the team. Now it's on how much yeah. money can the driver bring a lot of the time. It's your marketability, your brand. Well, but the thing is, a okay. lot of people nowadays, you know, they have agents. They have marketing teams behind them they have a marketing agency that they're with um i can't do that at the moment and that's just simply because i can't afford it um and i haven't had that my entire career so when i was landing tiktok and reddit and working with alvin kamara and working with swan security working with williamsburg contracting working with critical path security i um these were all deals i negotiated on my own and that was a big thing because it taught me how to provide value for these certain partners for what they wanted um and now now do i say that that's how i want it to be my entire career absolutely not because i do need to have that freedom to go and actually focus solely on the driving but at this moment i'm just not in that situation now, am I working to get in that situation where I can be with an agent or a marketing agency or have a manager? Like, absolutely. But at the end of the day, that also costs money, and I don't have money. I don't have that's that. That's huge, money. though, dude. That, you know, and I don't have that money. Twenty-two years old. That's huge that you've like been able to uh, build those brands, build your brand to that point, and and you're out there grinding. And, and I feel like you know you're gonna. You're learning as you do it you're probably getting better which is going to help you at some point when you hand that torch off you're gonna you're gonna have the experience yourself which is which is huge you know yeah and even even putting yourself out there like that's how you're on this podcast because coco saw the tweet he hit me up and he was like yeah we gotta get this guy on and the, now you're the you're the first nascar driver on the podcast look at that that's cool oh dude i'm a huge huge ryan Vargas Heck fan, yeah. man. no that's awesome i mean but i mean that's and that's what i want to do you know i don't want to be just like, that's the biggest thing for me is I was such a fan growing up. I mean, like I said, I, I loved anything with four wheels and a motor. So, and I know that there's a lot of people out there who have that same passion for racing. And so when I'm as active as I am on Twitter or social media or just anything, it's because I genuinely like want people to know that I am a fan like them, you know, like I, I, I want this too, you know, I like, I want this with them, you know, and that's a big deal for me is showing these people like, Hey, I'm like just some normal dude who has figured out how to do, you know, some of the, some of these things who has learned how to do marketing who like on their own, like I don't, I'm not professionally trained in any of this area, in any of those areas. Um, and I get to drive race cars and I get to chase a dream that, you know, I'm very fortunate to do that. And I know that's a very, 
fortunate situation to be in. And um, I, I carry that with a lot of pride, and I try to show that to people. I know you kind of already touched on it, but what what is your like training regiment like? So I will train anywhere from two to three times a week, um, you know, doing physical fitness, hand-eye coordination, uh, cardio, all that stuff. And then on the days that I'm not training, I really try and obviously watch what I eat, um, try to avoid sugars, you know, trans fats and all that stuff. Basically anything artificial I try and keep out of my body. Um, and then now I, I haven't been keeping very good to that in the off season. Um, I've been enjoying myself a good, uh, order of McNuggets here and there. Um, but at the same time, I also, um, you know, go for runs and stuff like that, trying to make sure. And then I think like I'll, I'll do a lot of heat training. Um, so what I'll do is like, I will put myself in situations where I'm a lot hotter than I need to be. So like if I'm training in the summer, I'll wear a jacket and sweats. Um, you just come out to Phoenix and do some heat training. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that's really because, I mean, we race in 140 degree temperatures sometimes and you need to be able to take the checkered flag in peak, in, you know, in your peak performance, you know, once that checkered flag fall falls, then it's all okay. You know, you can, you could fall out now, but you know, you have to be there to through the entire race. I mean, I remember Nashville this year, it was 102 degrees outside it had rained two hours before the race so not only was it 102 degrees it was also 102 degrees and humid so yeah it got very very bad um inside the race car and i think a third of the field ended up having to go to the medical center for ivs including me i remember that race dude you guys were like getting out of your cars and just collapsing on the ground right in front uh, of I was, it was crazy. I was lucky that my um my car chief was there because I got out like I, I took the checker flag and I key up I'm like, all right thank you guys great day because we ended up finishing like 18th or 19th like it was a decent day and um it was a pretty good day and we ended up I keyed up I'm like all right thank you guys like I might need some of you guys at the car to like help me get out then I'm going down the back straight away and it starts setting in I get to pit road and I key and I say guys I need someone here like now I get to the car I open the window net I climb up onto the door and as I climb up onto the door I don't know what it was but it like my eyes just kind of like crossed and like went black like I didn't pass out completely but they like crossed and kind of just like faded to black and I started falling as I'm sitting on the door so that could have been really bad because I could have really hurt myself but luckily he was there and he was like like he caught me and like pushed me against like the roof like all right don't fall um, and I ended up going to the, going to the infield care center, but it's funny cause you're, you're, it's that adrenaline. Like I was fine a minute prior to that. Like I was driving a race car in those temperatures, hustling as much as I could. Is that a, you have a simulator right there? Uh, I'm yeah. My eye racing. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't see the eye racing during, during COVID season. Oh yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, these guys were all in their houses racing. Yep, this is where I wild. do all my eye racing um, and streaming, obviously, because this is my setup right here. Um, yeah. I'll stream from here. Um, and then during the race season, you know, once we get into the thick of it, I, um, I'll i use this as like a tool to kind of get kind of like my visuals and sight lines all, all down before I get into a race. Yeah. 
don't, those aren't like exact to the feel of a real race car, but it helps you kind of find your line and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's really just, I, like I guess I, the biggest thing that iRacing does for me is it helps me get the visuals. That's the number one thing for me that iRacing does is it helps you go out there and like, okay, this is where this is, this is where that is, you know, because that's something that helps that a lot of people don't think about is that's about 70, 80% of the whole thing. Well, yeah, and like you said, your your first season in Xfinity, you know, they're, they're not doing practices and they're not doing qualifying. So you're racing at these tracks for the first time out there in a real race. I mean, that's such a challenge. I can't even imagine how they – you got these other drivers that came up and, and they had the opportunity to practice, test, drive, learn these tracks before they're thrown out there. And like you said, some are in top-tier rides. So you're in a, a mid-tier ride, no practice, no qualifying out there trying Never to put, been to these put tracks good laps up. either. That's crazy. So, I mean, there was there was times where we would start out a race and I'd be running 35th, 34th, like on speed. Because I just was getting, like, th- that was my practice was when the green flag threw. Like, and they, yeah. And they, and the thing is, so NASCAR separates the races into three stages. or stage one, stage two, and stage three. So during that, you know, no practice, no qualifying time, stage one was, and this was for a lot of people, stage one was, learning you know stage one was all about learn the track and don't go a lap down that was what stage one was and so fortunately i was able to figure that out and and learn that a lot better um than i anticipated and that helped me out a lot as the races would go on and that's what led to me finishing eighth at texas um finishing top 10 my first top 10 at the time you know i'd gone and not done i've done texas before and spent the whole first half of the race learning Ended up going a lap down at one point. Um, came back from that to be on the lead lap, finishing eighth. Man, learning and then get the rewards of learning on the same oh, yeah. race. That's got to be – that's a tough part, though. Learning stinks sometimes, man, but it, it pays off. Oh, yeah, end. and you learn every time you're in a race car. Something new happens every time. Yeah, I could, uh, I could, I could see that. Um, <clears throat> being that you're um, Hispanic, how is that? How, what things have you had to overcome, like in NASCAR? For- so, I mean, fortunately, you know, most everybody is, you know, very welcoming. Like, it's probably one of the more welcoming environments I've been in. You know, going to racetracks, you know, all the fans, you know, it's it's been great. You know, but every so often you do get the stinkers here and there. I mean, I get you know people who find some of my info and send death threats and stuff like that which is something that's happened in the past actually like just recently on twitter i put something out about that and it was like that's a big thing that i shouldn't say it's a big thing it's not very common but it's like that's something that you know you have to kind of shut out and put in the back of your mind um yeah. because at the end of the day like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a small, 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 small group of people who are just trying to be as loud as they can. So it's like, I, I see that and I'm like losers. Um, yeah. And that's a new thing for me. Like I, 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 I didn't, I never thought I'd be in a position where I'd have people hate me like that, which is, I guess that, I guess it's one of those things where all that comes with it, but it's just, it's very disappointing that there are people that are like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what, what advice would you give to a young kid trying to get into racing? The biggest thing that I would say to a young kid is focus on yourself. Like, learn to be selfish at a young age. Don't be selfish and be 
a dick, but learn to be selfish while also caring about those around you. Like, make sure you, you carve your own path. Don't let too many people from the outside try and guide you in a way that you're not comfortable with. You know, if you can stand up for yourself and have a leg to stand on, then I think that's going to say a lot more about you and your character and your place as a NASCAR driver or a potential NASCAR driver than a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. So how how does it go for how, – so how do you move up to, like, the NASCAR uh, Cup Series? <laughs> Money. <laughs> yeah, Money. So, all right, so if you've got, like, a huge sponsorship, you could run in the Cup yeah, Series. I'm approved now. Well, there's an approval process, like, but, I mean, oh, okay. the biggest barrier is the money. I mean, gotcha. you're, you're looking That's at, crazy. you know, three, four times what an Xfinity race, three, four, five times what an Xfinity race costs. Is it, it correct me if I'm wrong, is it, like, something, Is it? does it cost, like, a million dollars per race? Something. Like I don't that? think so, No. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a team that'll want that, but I, it, it's, yeah. it's not, but it is, it is a considerable yeah. amount of money. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I'm sure there's a few drivers that it's about that per race. But I mean, that it's crazy. There's, there's so much politics in it too, isn't there? I mean, I mean, it's like that in every motorsport though. Yeah. Every motorsport has it. That's like true. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I mean, they're, they're, I think every. I think. I mean, I think that goes beyond motorsports too. I think it's just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. But that's part of it. You yeah. know, it's about how you combat that. You know, because, I mean, I'm just some. I'm some kid, some Hispanic kid from Southern California who didn't have the money to make it anywhere past late models, and here I am. So it, it's about how you combat combat that. You know, like I like I said, I, I shouldn't have made it this far. Um, but that's, but I'm very aware of that. And that's why I wear that on my sleeve because I also know that I, you know, should be very, should feel very fortunate to be here. So that's something that I focus a lot on. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, even my job, I look around and go, why are people paying me to do this? You know, <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting paid money to sit at my desk all day. And like, you know, I'm making a living. It's, it's a dream. So if you're living your dream, man, that's, that's what that's where happiness comes and that's incredible so i guess like the cup series you know racing for a top tier team is the ultimate dream would you be okay yeah, if, and you, that's if the you, ultimate dream. you know xfinity driver career oh god yeah yeah as long as i'm driving race cars for my for my career that's all that care that, yeah. I, that that i care about i mean if i'm racing sprint cars dirt racing if i'm racing sports cars and road racing if i'm driving monster trucks and monster jam i mean my dream is nascar you know that's my dream, but as long as I'm pursuing a professional career as a driver, you know, in some sort of racing series, I'm happy. You know, if I'm able to provide for you know myself and you know wherever I, whatever I end up doing in my life, and also get to chase a dream, then I, I mean that's amazing. Thank you. I'll be cheering for you on Saturdays, man. Most definitely. Yeah, let's do it. I've always ran 23, and that's simply just because I was born on September 23rd. Dang. I got <laughs> one. Yeah, go, Cody. I saw that uh, Jeff Gordon blender, man. Did you bust that thing out yet? Yeah, I've used it. I made some smoothies. Nice. 
Now I see you're a Jeff Gordon fan growing up. Yeah, I was a Jeff Gordon fan growing up. Same. Huge. Me too. Me three. Yeah? <laughs> yes. I had all that stuff. Who's your favorite driver now other than Ryan Vargas? Me? No, no, Ryan. Oh, me? Um... I mean, it, it, I, it's different now. It's different now. <laughs> you have it's to race different. them now, huh? <laughs> it's different because I know these guys. Yeah, 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 so yeah. You like, can't say it now. You got to be like, eh. all right. I mean, like, I, I, I have my guys that I root for and my guys I don't. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Are, you, uh, are you into NFTs? Uh, not yet. I haven't looked into that really much at all. Um, I've had some opportunities come up to look into that stuff. Um, I know my former teammate Landon Castle. He's um, his sponsor, Voyager, and I got to meet all those people and learn about that. That's legit. Um, what about who? Like, what company or brand would be your dream sponsor? I want an energy drink sponsorship so bad. God, right, that'd be so cool. I am a big like because it's. Energy drinks are loud and crazy. There's fire yeah. everywhere. I yeah. want that. I, I, I have, like, they used to do it when Monster sponsored the Cup Series. They had, like, a yeah. Monster, like, stunt zone. And they need that every NASCAR race. Like, there needs to be pyrotechnics at every NASCAR race. They need to treat it like it's Supercross. I mean, this yeah. is the highest stock car series in North America, and there's no flames when the car takes the green flag. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> There's no is flames. Red, is Red Bull and NASCAR, or are they just in? Like, no, they were. Airborne? They were. Yeah. They were. Um, but like, there needs to be flames yeah. and fire and like fireworks and like craziness. Yeah, we gotta push NASCAR for some flames. You're right. It's unreal. <laughs> they did it at those. the um. They did it at Gateway and Darlington this year, and it was really. You did sick. It at the All Star race, don't you? They uh, the All Star race is in uh, is at the L A Coliseum. Which is the only stadium race on the schedule for NASCAR. That would be way better, though. The cars take off. There's big fireworks and flames that go off. They need to. I, I, I've always said it. Why don't we have, like, flamethrowers when the cars, like, take the green flag? Like, I'm dead serious. Like, True. it's, like, such a small thing. Like, it doesn't change your yours and my, you know, excitement. But, like, this 12-year-old kid who's at a NASCAR race. Yeah. He probably would like to see all that. Yeah, definitely. Cody, you got anything else? I think I got a few. Um, I mean, it sounds like you're going to have to make an energy drink, Paul, and, and sponsor Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, 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 if I was given free reign on how I'd market something, an energy drink would be one of it. That's so. Or at least put a meta fan on his car for a race next season. You got <laughs> open races. Yeah, that'd be fun. <clears throat> so you are racing next season, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm finish. I'm finishing up my plans at the moment. Um, I have a couple things I need to do. I need a couple dotted lines to sign. Um, but right now, there's. I know I'll be driving. Um, awesome. That's good to hear. Keep it going. But Oh, yeah. No, I don't got too much else. I got three kids right. out there. Probably destroyed half my house by now. But <laughs> yeah. it right. was worth it. 
All right, Ryan. Well, appreciate you coming on, and uh, best of luck the the rest or the next season. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Yeah. Um, so everybody can follow me um, on Twitter and TikTok at Ryan Vargas underscore twenty three. Um, Facebook and Facebook, you can find it Ryan Vargas. Um, and then on Instagram, I've been trying to change my username for years, but it won't let me. Um, it's RTRV23. 